The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Derek Dorch of the Diversa Group, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. Now your host, Derek T. Dorch. Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. Thank you for joining us. Hey, today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic. One of my favorite topics and one of my favorite guests. We've had him on before, Dr. Matt Daniels. He is a, a professor at the Institute of World Politics, and he's also the founder of Good of All, uh, and which is a great organization working to do um, some very, very powerful things. we got also uh, with us Dr. Joseph, and he is a, a, a founder. Well, not, I shouldn't say the founder. I, I, I may be giving you a little bit of a higher ranking. And don't <laughs> excuse me if I'm doing that. He's, but he's the director at the Urban Superintendent Academy at Howard University, and he's uh, um, working on that. But he's working with uh, Dr. Daniels uh, on this program about teaching Dr. King as an antidote to violence. And Dr. Sean Joseph, I want to kind of kick things off with you very, very quickly. Matt, uh, we've been talking for many times, and so I, I, I'm going to have you kind of chime in in a minute. But Dr. Joseph, uh, what's this Urban Superintendent Academy at Howard University that you're working? It sounds like it's a great program in terms of teaching um, or, or providing some professional development uh, to these superintendents around the nation. Yeah. Uh, so the Urban Superintendents Academy is in its eighth year uh, okay. this year. Uh, you know, this is my Go, I'm going to the third year at Howard University. I'm an assistant professor there uh, teaching in the Ed Leadership Program. And uh, the goal of the Urban Superintendent's Academy is simple. We want to make sure that more uh, black and brown leaders are leading uh, our school systems across the country. You know, only 3% of superintendents around the country are black or Latinx. And we've got about, you know, 14%, 10 to 14% of students that uh, are black. So Howard, you know, has a mission uh, to improve the lives of Black people across the diaspora. Uh, so working with the Academy, uh, we're trying to get more high quality people uh, leading our school systems. You know, that, that's actually a surprising statistic to me. I didn't know that because you know, I, I come from um, I come from Detroit, Michigan. And, and I know that, uh, you know, in all these urban areas, you always think that there is a um, uh, a diverse uh, or person of color who is the leader of these school systems, right? Especially these predominantly uh, um, black or, or Latino school systems. But from what I'm hearing, that's not the, we're, we're making an assumption. That's not the accurate yeah. facts on those kind of situations. Is that correct? That's correct. I mean, black, black superintendents in particular, and that's, that's where, that's my, my body of research, you know, black mm-hmm. superintendents, um, you know, typically hired in predominantly black communities. So when you look at, you know, urban districts around the country, I would say about 14% of urban districts have, you know, black superintendents, but, you know, about 80% of the populations are black. Wow. So you, you still see that misrepresentation uh, wow. there. So, so we're trying to, we're trying to break the, I mean, you know, we live in an America that has not yeah. always been um, just and equal and fair to everybody. So, I mean, it's Howard's. It's our. It's our small way of trying to equalize the playing field, at least in the education space, as it relates to, you know, superintendents. Without question, without question. When everybody gets a chance, look up the Urban Superintendent Academy. Look up Doctor uh, Doctor Joseph and all his information. Doctor Sean Joseph and what he's doing right there. Great program uh, that's being run. Uh, uh, really kind of focusing on the um, uh, ASSAASA. I remember Doctor Sean Joseph. What what is that right there? That's the uh, yeah. association that helps run this. Yeah, AASA. the The program is a partnership with AASA, which is the 
uh, American Association of School Administrators. It's the Superintendents Association. Uh, so we have, there are two programs. Uh, one is at Howard and the other on the West Coast is at USC. Nice, nice. Yeah. And then, and then superintendents uh, uh, can get into this program and then get, from what I'm reading, they can get um, some education. They can be part of a cohort, um, do some sharing with other leaders, and then continue to help build them in terms of understanding about, you know, community relationships and politics in the urban setting. Is that the case? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the goal, I mean, to, to get a superintendency, I mean, it's political. Uh, you, you have to have a strong network in addition to the credentialing uh, to be you know, qualified for superintendent. So what we strive to do is help them understand the realities of the urban superintendency in particular, because it's very different in, in urban settings uh, versus, you know, suburban or rural settings. And we, um, you know, provide mentorship, uh, give them a mentor to be able to go after a superintendency. And more importantly, once they get the job, helping them be successful uh, at the job. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. It's, it's not easy. The average tenure of a superintendent in, in this country is about six years. Uh, for urban superintendents, it's about three to four years. For black superintendents, it's about 1.08 years. Wow. So there's work that has to be done, clearly. Hey, that that's like being in the NFL almost. You, your time is short, <laughs> exactly. depending on what you're doing, right? And then exactly. kind of Hey, Dr. Daniels, uh, I, I know you've been working on this for a, a, quite some time and you've uh, partnered up with uh, Dr. Joseph uh, on some things. Um, let's talk about this teaching, Dr. King, as an antidote to violence. I know you've been working on this for a long time with the MLK curriculum. Um, tell me where you're at right now with the with the progress you've been making. Well, Derek, as you know, we've been trying to teach Dr. King's nonviolent principles to a new generation with an emphasis on how they can apply those principles in the digital age. And so we've worked with Ambassador Andrew Young and the Andrew Young Foundation on developing a curricula that uh, teach young people how to um, advance Dr. King's principles in our era. And I just feel like um, we're in a race against some destructive and divisive forces in our society. We're trying to administer the educational vaccine for ideologies of racism and violence that are doing so much damage in some of our cities across America. You know, you you, you mentioned, we, we were kind of talking before, you, you sent me some write-ups and you were right on point because, you know, we talk about terrorism and, and kind of counterterrorism on the show a lot because that's a very, very big concerning issue to me. But you mentioned about, you know, what happened in New Zealand with the New Zealand attack in Christchurch. You also mentioned about what happened in Buffalo. And of course, we just uh, recently had the uh, uh, remembrance of what happened on 9-11. Um, this, these kind of acts of violence, these tragedies of, of terrorism, of, 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 of people attacking people based on, on hatred of race, this, that, and the other. Um, and a lot of these people had manifestos, right? They had manifestos that they were um, getting a bunch of information and building a manifesto that they want to share to other people to influence them to do similar acts of hatred. Um, what you're kind of saying is that this curriculum that you and Dr. Sean Joseph have been working on, you're trying to get this out there in this digital framework that it can also kind of maybe counter these manifestos um, that are being shared in these other kind of dark corners of the web, on, on, on the telegrams, on the discourse and everywhere else. Is that a framework of kind of getting in the school system and getting people in, 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 in high school or uh, middle school? Um, is that a framework of getting into the colleges? 
Uh, what's your what's either you or Dr. Joseph's thought in terms of how do we begin to counter these individuals who are writing these manifestos and influencing um, other people to continue to do hatred? How do you counter that right there in terms of the digital framework? Well, well Derek, let me step up first and just say um, what really galvanized me recently was events in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Because you had a mass shooting committed by uh, a racist um, who was inspired, recruited, uh, and networked online. And what happened in Buffalo was an eerie uh, copy or parallel to what we have seen uh, overseas for many years now with organizations like ISIS and Al Qaeda recruiting uh, people online, spreading their ideology online, and ultimately weaponizing people who then uh, commit acts of violence in accordance with that ideology. Now, one response to that problem is to try to censor the internet. The challenge is that in the digital age, um, it's very difficult in a free society to censor all of these uh, ideas uh, from being transmitted online. The internet was set up to spread ideas at lightning speed around the world, and that is what it will continue to do. So our only real alternative is to try to go on offense for the ideas that can vaccinate people's minds against these ideologies of racism, extremism, and violence. And that's what we're trying to do with our curricula for both high schools and middle school students. And Dr. Joseph, chime in on that in terms of because, you you know, you're dealing with some of the superintendents. I mean, what's you know, when your conversations with them, uh, what what do you think is kind of that solution? Is it is it getting those superintendents to get buy in on this or, or what do we do? Yeah, no, I think uh, Dr. Daniels is correct that that, you know, we must go on the offense and, and we've, we've got to challenge those who, who preach hatred and and violence. And, 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 and more importantly, we have to give people something tangible uh, that they that they can they can use and a framework that they can use to offer you know a positive inspirational alternative to you know a lot of the divisiveness and and destructive views that we see there and so you know I'm excited about you know this MLK curriculum uh, because we're 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 teaching our kids that there's an alternative way a better way you know to do a lot of good for a lot of people like 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 Dr. King himself did. Without question, without question. Hey, you know, both of you walk me through um in terms of the 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 curriculum as it relates to uh, maybe even, you know, the implementation in the school systems and I want to kind of get to at some point in time uh uh, uh Matt, I want to talk about the scholarship that you guys have with McGraw Hill, but I want to actually talk about the the curriculum in terms of the implementation into the schools. Um and I want to also ask this question, um, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, and I won't go into like the heavy details, but there has been pushback about um, bringing certain curriculums into the schools. Do you anticipate, I mean, MLK is, is, has always been a, a unique figure, uh, a figure of peace, a figure of love, a figure that uh, uh, oftentimes uh, uh, went above uh, some of the, the, the conflict that we talk about right now in society. But do you feel like there will be any kind of pushback for this curriculum to get into the schools or are many of the uh, superintendents, are they embracing uh, what you're trying to get into the school systems? What are you seeing out there? Well, let me start, uh, Derek, and and just say that um, we have found that by emphasizing Dr. King's nonviolent 
principles and his nonviolent philosophy that we are op- able to open doors in school districts across the country. Um, Dr. King faced uh, massive racism. He and his followers faced massive violence. And they overcame in a very difficult period in our nation's history through the use of nonviolent principles. This is part of the historical record. It's an amazing testimony to uh, the leadership of Dr. King and others and the sacrifices that they made. And that is what we must pass on to the next generation. So that's our message. That's our calling card. And everywhere we go, we find people resonate with that message because unfortunately we're seeing a rising tide of violence in our country. Without question. Hey, Dr. Joseph, chime in on that in terms of, of, what, of what your thoughts are, especially since you're working with a number of superintendents who will be the people who have to implement this in their school systems? Yeah, I mean, without question, there's never anything that you introduce to a school system where you don't have somebody uh, pushing back against it. I mean, it's 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 going to be the nature of that beast. But but I do think uh, you know, Dr. King appealed to our better natures. You know, now now you know, I mean, if you know his history, you know he wasn't a perfect man. I mean, he he was flawed, like like many of us are. But he did live his principles of respect and and humanity and love for mankind. And that, that, I think that is what's going to resonate with, with most of us that, and, 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 and superintendents that, that here's something, you know, by teaching Dr. King's principles, uh, mm-hmm. we can unleash a sense of activism and, and a sense of critical consciousness that's needed uh, for students. And, and in essence, students re- see a problem, uh, recognize a problem and actively work to solve that problem. And I think Dr. King's teaching, you know, can empower kids to use their voices uh, as, as, a, as a powerful method of, of healing and making things better. And, and for that, I think, particularly in this moment in, 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 in history in schools, you know, we, we've got kids that have, you know, been out of school, you know, for two years, right? And now, now they're coming back and, and many of them are having a difficult time socializing. I mean, I think there's more violence happening in schools now uh, than, than at any time. And so I think this curriculum is more important than ever uh, to get in the hands of people um, because it gives teachers a framework uh, to be able to figure out, so where do we go from here? Uh, I want to take a quick break, gentlemen, and then when we come back, I want to kind of keep this conversation going. I want to actually talk to you both about uh, you kind of mentioned both two things about the rise of the, of the violence and the rise of the violence in schools. I want to kind of talk about why is that the case from both of you in terms of what you have been seeing about why are we dealing with it? Why are things becoming more polarized? Why are things becoming more uh, violent? I mean, of course, uh, what you are both doing is is critical right now because we are dealing with this. But what is the root cause of that? I mean, and you know, what are uh, the frameworks that we need to address when we begin to th- think about this curriculum going into the school system and beyond. I also want to also talk about um, uh, the program in terms of getting it out there and then getting people involved in the program, the scholarship and everything else. And what does that scholarship entail for people to uh, really jump into this and become future leaders who are teaching these principles um, well beyond um, the school systems, going to the school systems and doing going to the community and teaching these great principles. I'm talking to Dr. Sean Joseph. He is the director of the Urban Superintendent Academy at Howard University. He's been working with Dr. Matt Daniels, who's the founder of Good of All and a professor at the Institute of World Politics. And they've been working together on a curriculum on the, um, the Dr. MLK 
curriculum about teaching Dr. King as an antidote to violence and putting that curriculum into the school systems to begin working on uh, fighting extremism, uh, fighting the hatefulness, uh, fighting the racism that's out there and trying to create a better society. We're talking about how this is being done and what is the solution that we need to kind of go forward with. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Fed Access with Derek T. George on the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. George on Federal News Network. If you just joined us, we've been having a great conversation with Dr. Sean Joseph and Dr. Matt Daniels. Dr. Joseph is the director of the Urban Superintendent Academy at Howard University. They're teaching uh, superintendents across the nation, especially superintendents of a diverse background, uh, Black, Latino, uh, this, that, and the other, and teaching them uh, leadership skills, uh, working with the community, community relationships, understanding politics, um, understanding how to be a successful superintendent. They, I, I just didn't notice that Dr. Sean Joseph just told us about this. There aren't that many Black or uh, Latino superintendents in these school systems where there are many, many school systems who are predominantly Black or Latin, uh, or Latino, I should say. I didn't know. I, I was assuming that there were a, a lot more, but there's a small number. And their job at the Urban Superintendent Academy is to help build more uh, people of color who are in charge of these school systems. So we commend their work right there. Dr. Matt Daniels is the founder of Good of All. They've been working uh, relentlessly on uh, on trying to uh, work on things that are, are helping society. One of the great things that they have continued up on Dr. Sean Joseph and Dr. Matt Daniels have teamed up on is the teaching Dr. King as an antidote to violence, teaching Dr. King's principles and putting that into the school system going forward from there. You both have mentioned about the rise of violence, the rise of hatefulness, the rise of extremism, the rise of polarization. Um, just from your take and just from what you're seeing from uh, your viewpoints and, 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 and with you working with the schools and working with different organizations and this, that, and the other. Why do you think we're at this unique moment where um, in a digitized society, you would think that maybe we would become closer and, and, and become more uh, a society that's together versus more polarized? What's going on right now in society that we're beginning to see this rift and see more hatefulness come out versus more of the love? What, what's your both thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, our politics nationally are very polarizing. We've got extreme views on, on both perspectives and, and people are having a hard time just listening to one another and, and seeing one another's, you know, humanity, you know, quite frankly. And, and I think that that national tension, you know, trickles its way down to the local level. So I think that's, that's, that's one challenge we have. And I, I think we also have a challenge um, like I said, students have not, you know, so the socialization is just different now. I mean, now, you know, you are more apt to communicate with people on some social media platform. And on those platforms behind your computer screen, you know, you, you say things or write things that are, you know, much more charged, you know, than they've ever been uh, before. So, so these tensions build up. And then when people see one another, uh, particularly in a school setting, they, there's um, conflict that, that happens. I mean, those, those, are those, those are two things. Dr. Daniels, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, the engine that drove Dr. King's successful movement was a belief in the dignity of all people. So his nonviolent philosophy was rooted in a belief that all people have dignity as children of God. And 
if we teach that underlying principle to young people, we begin to inoculate their minds against ideas that can lead to violence. Uh, conversely, if people forget that truth, um, we go down a well-established path that we've seen throughout human history where our rhetoric becomes increasingly dehumanizing and then we engage in dehumanizing actions like violence. So those are the two choices before us. Dr. King, in the face of incredible racism and violence, chose the better path. And that is the path that we must encourage a new generation of young people to choose. But in order to do that, they need to know and understand the principles. We need to teach them systematically to these young people. And we need to offer them examples, like Dr. King, of how those principles can be lived out in reality. Hey, tell us, Dr. Daniels, about this um, scholarship. Um, you, I know this is... Um... Uh, McGraw-Hill has gotten involved with you in terms of the curriculum and, and, and putting it out there. But there's a scholarship that you have in terms of, um, of funding some opportunities for some young people, along with the Andrew Young Foundation. Tell us more about that, please. Well, yeah, in, in keeping with my last point about the need for leaders who are an example of human dignity and nonviolence, uh, we want to help lift up the next generation of Dr. King's. So with a generous seed funding from McGraw-Hill Education, we have created a scholarship program for students who take the high school version of our course. If they wish to attend an HBCU, uh, a historically black college or university, they can submit their work product from the high school version of our course to a committee that's being assembled by the Thurgood Marshall College Fund and be considered for a one-year HBCU scholarship. Uh, why are we uh, focusing on HBCUs? Because HBCUs have been proven to be a ladder out of educational poverty, particularly for students who come from families with uh, no, no family members who have previously attended college. So they're a very good investment. Um, however, HBCUs tend to lose about a quarter of their students between the first and the second year. That high attrition rate is overwhelmingly due to economic issues, and usually the amount of money involved is not that significant. So we're trying to plug that gap in the HBCU um, educational system for students who want to avail themselves of it. That's outstanding. And, and, and with that framework right there in terms of uh, uh, the focus of the HBCUs, and I'm an HBCU grad myself, so I, I we, you know, definitely uh, will say thank you for uh, that commitment to HBCUs. And, and I know uh, Dr. Joseph is teaching at the HBCU as well. But with that being the case and looking at the next generation of Dr. King's, is, is there an element there that um, when these students get this scholarship, is there also a commitment by them that they will also take these principles and begin to either put them back into the community in some form or fashion? Will they uh, be going to teach or speak or or doing certain things that help to um, really get these principles out there? That's definitely the goal. And I got to put a plug in. I, I did. I went to Lincoln University, which is America's oldest historically black college, founded That's in 1854. Right. Let me put that give down. a shout out to me. And I, I'm going to give a, I'm a, I'm a, since you're giving a shout out, Dr. Uh, Dr. Joseph, I'm going to give a, a shout out to Tuskegee. So, so hey, we're going to put it out there. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I think, uh, you know, we know what students go on black college, uh, black college campuses and 
I mean, they they are told many for the first time uh, that they weren't you know losers in history that they they have always won you know from 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 before you know Christ we've had dynasties of of people and strong um, you know doing great great things so you know, the goal is when they when they get on on campus you know once they have these principles I mean the beauty of Dr King's principles are that they they live in you and and they can be acted upon every day. So we hope that, you know, those students that are exposed to the uh, curriculum and receive the scholarships will will go on to campuses and be, you know, agents of positive change uh, because they would deeply understand what it takes to not only create a movement, but, but sustain a movement of change in, in positive ways as Dr. King did. And and we know, you know, the activism tends to be extremely high on historically black uh, campuses. Um, so 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 we, we, we would expect that these students are going to be, you know, the, the future leaders on those campuses, bringing about positive change first on campus and then throughout the world. You know, in the framework of that right there. And, and, and let me ask this other question about the scholarship. Uh, Dr. Daniels, is this scholarship like a, I mentioned, you mentioned for a year, is this like a full pay scholarship for a, a full year that someone can apply to? And then I, I want to also ask this question. If someone hears this and says, okay, I want to uh, share this with one of my uh, uh, young people who are going to an HBCU or about to or this, that, and the other, how would they find information about this program to get them to apply? Yeah, that's a great question, Derek. The, the place to go right now is, uh, a website, mlkcurriculum.org. That's mlkcurriculum.org. They can get all the information they need there, including uh, an email address. Um, the scholarships currently are $5,000 for the first year of their HBCU attendance. My goal is to expand the program so that both the number of scholarships as well as the size of the scholarships can be increased. And I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to do that because we're building a committee for the program that um, I think will give us the ability to open doors to additional funding. So look at this as the beginning of a long-term effort to invest in raising up a new generation of Dr. King's and Andrew Young's men and women who can carry the torch for his principles into the digital age. I'm gonna put it out there since you're looking for funding opportunities and looking for people to assist in this great um, endeavor. If there's any organization or people who uh, are willing to help out in trying to provide scholarships or funding for this program, then reach out and get that website one more time, Dr. Daniel, so they can, the mlkcurriculum.org, is that right? That's correct. So mlkcurriculum.org is where you can go to get information about the program, uh, get an email contact, and, and then reach out to the program if you want to become a supporter of it in order to get this curriculum uh, into the various schools. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. I want to come back. I want to talk about the implementation um, into the schools and, um, is, is, you know, what do you see as a timeline uh, to get this program into various school systems around the nation? And I'm assuming, uh, Dr. Daniels, and tell me if I'm correct, this, you're not just thinking about this. I mean, of course, it's going to be uh, the U.S. is going to be your initial focus. But are you thinking internationally or globally with this curriculum as well at some point in time? Yeah, we're already in discussion with um, several governments in Africa that are very interested in the curriculum because it teaches a, a view of human beings that they see as an antidote to some of the 
uh, ethnic, religious, and tribal uh, divisions that have caused a lot of civil strife in in some African societies. So actually, yes, we're beginning now to um, distribute it internationally. Outstanding, outstanding. That is great to hear. We're talking to Dr. Sean Joseph. He is the director of the Urban Superintendent Academy at Howard University. And we're talking to Dr. Matt Daniels. He is the founder of Good of All. And then also he's a professor at the Institute of World Politics, teaching about law and, 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 and humanitarian and humanities, this, that, and the other at the Institute of World Politics. We're talking to both of them about the MLK curriculum that they have worked on, developed, and that is being rolled out in terms of teaching Dr. King as an antidote to violence. They have uh, support from McGraw-Hill in terms of the scholarship. They're trying to build this program more, get more scholarships, get more funding, uh, get more uh, support in putting this curriculum to various schools to teach young people to become the future Dr. Kings in terms of teaching nonviolent principles and teaching love versus hate and trying to get this polarization and hatred out of our society and and helping us to build a society that's working towards change for the better of all of us. We'll be right back after this break and keeping this great conversation going. This is the Fed Access with Derek T. George on the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. George from the Federal News Network. If you just joined us, we've been having an important conversation, a very, very important conversation about hatred, about fighting hatred, about fighting polarization, about fighting extremism. All of us who've been following the news lately, we've heard about acts of terror. We've heard about Buffalo. We've heard about uh, uh, Christchurch in New Zealand. We've heard about, uh, of course, we just uh, got past the uh, the remembrance of 9-11. We, we've just seen hatred in our society in a number of different years. We've been living in a society that just deals with a constant barrage of extremism and hate. And we're trying to figure out how to deal with this, how to fight this so that we can get to a point where love um, becomes the thing that we're talking about more than hate. Some gentlemen have begun to work on this. We've got Dr. Sean Joseph and Dr. Matt Daniels. Dr. Matt Daniels is the founder of Good of All. Uh, he's uh, helped build the curriculum in terms of the MLK curriculum that's trying to get into the school systems. He's teamed up with Dr. Sean Joseph, who's the director of uh, Urban uh, Superintendent Academy at Howard University. And they've been working uh, diligently to get this curriculum into various schools about teaching the principles of Dr. King, teaching about the principles of love, the principles of nonviolence, the principles of fighting against um, uh, polarization and fighting against uh, things that kind of keep us apart versus us working together to do good things together going forward. Dr. Daniels, I was uh, very, very excited in, uh, about, and I'm, I'm very, very excited about this curriculum as a whole, but I was very, very excited about um, seeing that some sport leaders are beginning to support uh, the curriculum and, and, and the whole uh, MLK educational initiative. Um, I was, it, it's funny, I was uh, watching um, a documentary about uh, Arthur Ashe, about Citizen Ashe, uh, in terms of um, the work of kind of like, you know, building peace and equity and everything else that he was doing. A number of sport leaders have done this uh, in the past. You know, uh, Muhammad Ali, other people of that sort have been, um, you know, fighters for justice. Um, tell us about some of these African-American sport leaders who are getting involved in the program and what they're doing with the initiative. Well, you know, Derek, throughout our history, we've seen uh, leaders from sports play an important role in the cause of civil rights. Think about Jackie Robinson. Think about um, black athletes at the Olympics. Um, think about um, a whole host of figures who broke barriers in sports and introduced uh, the world to um, the achievements of the African-American community. Um, 
So it's not a surprise that leaders in the um, sports community, the athletics community, are beginning to step up and join in this educational effort. We're honored to have on our scholarship committee uh, for this uh, program um, the leadership of the Minority Opportunity Athletics Association, uh, an organization that networks leaders in black athletics across the country, especially collegiate athletics. We're honored to have um, Coach Tommy Amaker, Harvard's head coach for the basketball team and a former Duke basketball star who um, is an outspoken proponent of um, educating young people in leadership um, and others stepping up. Um, Tommy Dorch from 100 Black Men of America, a leader in the business community. These are people who understand that in order for ideas to gain traction in society, they need to be modeled by leaders. They're all about leadership training. And so they're investing in this effort to train up a new generation of Dr. Kings to lead our society down a better path. That is very, very uh, positive to hear. Dr. Joseph, uh, you want to chime in about the importance of these sports figures kind of getting involved in this kind of initiative right here in terms of, um, I know, you know that there's been a rise in terms of uh, HBCUs uh, having a lot more prominence as it relates to uh, either NFL recruitment or NBA recruitment. Um, their HBUs are starting to get that prominence that they probably should have always had because there's a number of great athletes there. And you yeah. get a number of people who sometimes didn't go to um, HBCU to play sports because they didn't have the same either scholarship opportunities or other things of that sort. But it's exciting to hear that um, these African-American sport leaders are getting a lot more engaged What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I, th- I think it's powerful. I mean, you think back back in the day from Bill Russell to, you know, Muhammad Ali, you know, now we see what LeBron James is doing. I mean, using their platforms uh, to give to give voice to social uh, issues, you know, because because the fact is, you know, many, you know, many people don't necessarily want to hear from, you know, academics like Dr. Daniels and I, you know, but, but they'll definitely, you know, get a tweet from LeBron and that, that, that can create a movement. So, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's, it's amazing and, and powerful, uh, you know, to see these athletes recognizing that, um, you know, they, they have a platform and, and they're, they're again, uh, demonstrating a sense of critical consciousness saying we, we have a platform, we see a problem and we're going to activate people uh, and mobilize them. I mean, it's, it's a powerful, it's a powerful thing. And, and I commend, uh, you know, people who are who recognize uh, that i remember years ago i mean it was um it was a charles barkley who said you know i think he said something like that he's not a role model or something and, and the fact is you know you, but you could be i mean you, you speak to millions of people mm-hmm. uh, when when given you know when god puts you on that gives you that platform you know use it for good and so you know when when we, we see people doing it and it's, it's great uh, because again, we, we've got to get this message out that there are solutions to some of our most complex problems in school, and and you know, education is one of the best anecdotes to violence that you can have. And I think you know, I mean, I, I can I can remember you know back when I was uh, I grew up in New York, and um, I got connected with a, a Alpha Phi Alpha mentoring program uh, in my junior year. And they gave me the book, A Testament of Hope, uh, Martin Luther King's speeches. And that was the first time I, I got engaged with Dr. King in, mm-hmm. in a very, you know, dense, dense way with, with a really big book. Um, but, but it changed my life, uh, you know, and that, that's why I'm so passionate and, and committed 
to this endeavor uh, because learning his philosophy, um, you know, had a profound impact on on who I am, you know, today as a leader. And I wanted up going to Lincoln University and pledging Omega Psi Phi, but but I always acknowledge the alphas. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the, al- the alphas won't hold it against you. Dr. King was an alpha too, and they won't hold it yeah, against you. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Look, I, I show I show them great love because uh, because uh, you know me learning the words and teachings of Dr. King uh, gave me a perspective on how to approach uh, the racism, uh, the resistance that 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 I as a black man has had all my life in in, in different leadership roles. You know, you just brought up something that just reminded me and, and, and I, you know, even just you kind of triggered some memories in my mind of when I grew up and my parents um, would listen to uh, the speeches of Dr. King. And that's where I kind of really had my foundation of listening to uh, the various speeches that Dr. King uh, only gave uh, throughout the movement and everything else. And, and just, you know, again, like you said, reading, you know, when he was in Bur- the Birmingham jail and, and, you know, just different writings that came from him and just how he um, graciously uh, went through uh, dealing with uh, uh, what Dr. Daniel was talking about, how he really kind of dealt with a large number of threats, um, the heavy racism, just violence everywhere, and still uh, maintain his principles and never wavered from that. You know, the, but but the framework of, of us um, getting that history, um, to me, sometimes seems like the younger people right now are not getting the same history that we got. In terms of understanding the civil rights movement, uh, we've lost some, some major people in the civil rights movement just uh, lately. Different figures uh, who were out there, um, you know, and, and, and we've seen, you know, John Lewis and other people who we recently have lost. But are either one of you concerned that uh, it's going to be kind of, you know, climbing a mountain to get young people back involved in this history about the civil rights movement, about Dr. King, about other champions? Of, of civil rights, of the champions of nonviolence and everything else. Is that going to be a hurdle or have you found that young people, when they begin to learn about it, they begin to embrace it a lot more? What have you two found? Derek, I'll speak to that if I can. Let's remember that the reason Dr. King's principles were successful is that they were rooted in transcendent truth and transcendent truth never goes out of style. Okay. Human beings uh, respond to these truths. Uh, they responded to them uh, when Gandhi employed them in his struggle against oppression uh, during the British Empire. They responded when Dr. King employed them, and they will continue to respond to them. And it is our job as educators to help young people see that these principles are for them today. Because if we don't, it's going to be a long, dark night for this country. Um, I personally define education very broadly. It's not just the classroom. So I agree with you. I'm very excited to see um, leaders in the athletic community stepping up. We're also engaging with leaders in the faith community, community leaders, corporate leaders. Everyone has a role to play in helping to work the principles that Dr. King sacrificed his life for back into our social and cultural bloodstream because they are the best vaccine against uh, problems like racism and violence in our age. Yeah, as, as people continued to hate on Dr. King, I mean, he he continued to love, and and it's that I think, and I think that's what makes the you know the curriculum and this work I think so so important. Like we we've just got to get back to the principles of seeing the humanity of our brothers and sisters, and just 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 loving them, 
even when they even when they they do you wrong like like finding a way to get above and beyond and to move forward and and like like dr daniels continues to communicate i mean i think his dr king's message is an anecdote that that we need more of in this moment uh so we're excited i mean again and what, what makes the curriculum so great is that in, you know it's 2022 it's very innovative and engaging you know this is not it's not that boring read a book type of thing i mean it, it will pull you in and the the lessons and activities will help you deeply understand the concepts hey we got to take a, a quick break when i come on the last segment i just want to kind of talk about the framework of um where do you see this going in the future? I mean, you know, this hopefully will be something that is a, is a generational promise that we can uh, give to, you know, every generation to continue to spread that love and continue to uh, work against divisiveness and work against hate and everything else. I want to get your a sense of uh, what is the future of this kind of going forward and, and where do we need to go kind of going forward from there. I'm going to take a quick break. Listen to Fed Access with Derek T. George on the Federal News Network. We're talking about Teaching Dr. King is an antidote to violence. We're talking to Dr. Sean Joseph, who is director of the Urban Superintendents Academy at Howard University, and Dr. Matt Daniels. He is the founder of Good of All and also a professor at the Institute of World Politics, teaching about law and humanities. And then we're talking to them about the MLK curriculum. You can find uh, their work at the ML, at mlkcurriculum.org. You can find their work about the curriculum, about scholarships, about how to support them, about how to uh, put that curriculum into school systems and everything else. All that's on the website right there. You can contact them and then learn more information about what's going on. We'll be right back after this break. Listen to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. If you're just joining us, we've been having a powerful conversation about Dr. King. Uh, anytime you talk about Dr. King, it's always going to be powerful. But the beauty of this is, is that we're talking about a curriculum. And we've had this conversation before on this show, but we're talking about a curriculum to go into the school system about teaching Dr. King as an antidote to violence. Uh, we've seen violence increase in our society. Uh, we've seen extremism increase in our society. We've seen a number of things happen in our society that are not so positive. And Dr. King, if you uh, remember about his principles, if you learn about his history, uh, as all have said, that he wasn't a perfect man, but his foundation, his principles about teaching about nonviolence, about teaching about love and teaching about us all working together for the good uh, of all, uh, 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 using uh, uh, the name of your organization, Dr. Daniels, but working together for the good of all. Um, he was That's what he was about. And we're talking about how to teach this in the school systems and how to provide opportunities for future Dr. Kings to come up and continue to embrace and teach these uh, principles in the schools, in the community, and elsewhere. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Sean Joseph. He is the director of the Urban Superintendent Academy at Howard University, and Dr. Matt Daniels, who's the founder of Good of All, and also a professor of law and humanities at the Institute of World of Politics. Um, in this framework, gentlemen, what's the future of, of, of this curriculum going? I know we already kind of mentioned that it's going to go overseas, but what do you see? I mean, what what is the framework in terms of would you want to see this in every um, school system around the nation? Uh, would you want to see this embraced by every HBCU? Would you want to see this embraced by every college at some point in time? What would you, if you had a utopia, if you had your druthers, uh, what would you want to see with this curriculum kind of going forward? Well, you know, Derek, all across the country, there are schools named in honor of Dr. King. But there are very few schools named in his honor that actually systematically teaches principles. That's one of the great ironies. 
I would love to see uh, every school district in the United States uh, at least make available to students um, curricula that teach Dr. King's principles and how they can be applied today. Um, the tools of the digital age have given uh, unprecedented power to individuals for both good and evil. Um, people are using digital media every day. Young people live, eat, and breathe digital media. And we want to teach them how they can harness the power of digital media to be ambassadors for Dr. King's principles in the future. So I'm hopeful that as we continue down this path, both with the curriculum and the scholarship, that we are creating what I call an educational ecosystem that will over time raise up a new generation of Dr. Kings who can lead this country down a better path by applying the same transcendent truths that saved us from racial apartheid in the South and violence in the American South. Those same truths can save us again from some of the racism and violence that we're hearing in the daily news cycle. But we can't be passive, we have to be active in order to counter the negative forces that are at work in our society. Question, Doctor Joseph, what's your thoughts in terms of where would you want to see this go? Yeah, no, I, I think the answer is this: this this curriculum is for everybody. I mean, look, racism is endemic in in America, and more importantly, we, we've got hate that 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 is that continues to spread, and and like we said earlier, it's spreading at you know at, at very fast rates, and um, you know we we see this curriculum as as a as a way to really empower our, our youth. I mean, I think we've got a, I mean, the youth of today, they're, they're bright, they're energized and they're, they're, they're innovative. And I think um, this curriculum can capture their attention and empower them again to, to go out and just do a great good, uh, which is needed in, in, in the world. I mean, people need to see people, um, you know, who, who are principled and, and who believe that they can, they can make things better. And, and, and this curriculum helps people become agents of change. And, and, and Lord knows we need more people who, who accept the call to make the world a better place. And, 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 and we're, we're hoping that uh, in time, this, this curriculum will spread like a wildfire to be that, that support that's needed. Dr. Daniels, give me the website one more time so they know where to find you. Uh, MLKcurriculum.org. Dr. Dr. Joseph, you want to give a website or anything for, that they can find your information about the academy or anything like that? Yeah, uh, sure. You can just go. You could just uh, do a Google search for uh, Urban Howard University Urban Superintendents Academy, awesome. uh, or or go to the uh, the Educational Leadership Department's uh, website and you'll find it there as well. Outstanding, outstanding, gentlemen. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for pushing this curriculum. You know this. This platform is open at any point in time to have this conversation because it's such an important conversation. Um, it's something that we got to uh, make sure that we do. We got to come together as a community and continue to fight against this extremism and, and polarization and divisiveness that's out there that's, you know, and this hatred that's out there that's so uh, toxic and so harmful. And so, you know, know that there's an open door uh, for, for this discussion at any point in time. You know, as, as developments are happening, Please, you know, come on back and let's keep on talking about this and, and let's keep on pushing this forward. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your service to the community and, and keep on, you know, uh, uh, making this happen. I, I would love to see uh, this be something that's around the world, a movement 
uh, and see again Dr. King and, and, and his principles uh, being everybody's hearts and everybody's minds and everybody's uh, a walk in their daily journey. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Derek. You've been listening to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. Tune in Monday afternoons at 1 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. 